Praise the Lord, everybody. So good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. One more time, can we just lift our hands and invite the presence of God to talk to us? Let's give him some praise. That's it. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for your mighty blessing. Thank you for this wonderful Lord's Day. And we give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we've had a hallelujah meeting Sunday. This morning we had, uh, we've got a brand new family that's getting ready to dedicate their baby here in a couple of days. Brand new to the church. And uh, so we, they were shouting in the altars. You know, it's good to see people shouting that are just learning how to shout. I like that. And you know who they're learning it from? They're learning it from the saints of God. Hallelujah. So they watch you as you praise God. And then they are doing it. I've been watching a couple of them. They're, uh, at first they were like, that and then a few weeks later I see him out here getting up in the altar and kind of moving around just a little bit you know kind of tiptoeing but they were up there and then this morning I saw one of the brand new families shouting for the first time hallelujah they I won't they're, they're not here tonight but uh, you you don't know who I'm talking about but they were shouting like this Woo! and I thought I know who they're I know who they've been watching. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we've had a good Sunday. We had a great attendance today, a good service here tonight. And uh, I'd like you to grab your Bibles. Now, Sister French and I are going to be grandparents again. Let's stand, everybody. Let's, uh, let's just, we'll take a second here. We'll read the word. Uh, we're going to be grandparents again any minute. Sister Vera could not, she's just not up to even being here tonight. So... Uh, that tells me that I'm going to be a grandpa again. And he said, no, I'm just kidding. We don't know what it means, but uh, God has been good to us and he's, he's blessing us. First Kings chapter 19. Can I preach to you tonight? Can you say amen? amen. I want to preach a message entitled a cave between the altar and heaven. A cave between the altar and heaven. A lot of us are thrilled with the fire. And we're thrilled with the chariot. But we have a little trouble with that cave experience with God. There's plenty of folks who are with you when the fire falls and the victories within hand's reach. But they're nowhere to be found when Jezebel says, I will not pay tithes. I will not support a church if you preach against worldliness. Then they're quiet as a mouse. She wanted Elijah dead. That was her number one thought. She emailed it early in the morning. I want Elijah dead. Before tomorrow at this time, I want Elijah dead. How dare him? But never doubt it. God has a plan. 
And he knows just what he's doing. Let's read, shall we? And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Verse 1, with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. That's the devil's threat. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, which I guess you could maybe say it like this he ran for his life and came to Beersheba which belongeth to Judah and left his servant there and he went himself a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said it is enough now O Lord take away my life for I am not better than my father's everyone say he was exhausted and as they lay and slept under as he lay and slept under a juniper tree behold then everyone say then an angel touched him And said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. It was like the Hilton. I don't know if they have cakes, bacon on the coals or not. And he did eat and drink and laid himself down again that's how exhausted he was he slept and slept and slept and slept and then he woke up and the angel said the angel touched him and said you need to eat brother Elijah you and the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him. It would say he touched him. And said arise and eat. Because the journey is too great for thee. You need to ask yourself what journey. Elijah's not mentioned any journey. And he arose and did eat and drink. And went in the strength of that meat. Or food. Forty days and forty nights. Unto Horeb the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave. And lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What dost thou hear, Elijah? A cave between the altar and heaven. Praise God. Can we just lift our hands? Come on, lay your Bible down for a minute. Let's just ask the Lord to anoint. The preacher tonight, anoint our hearts tonight. Come on. Lord, we need you. We need your touch. You have a place, oh God, between the altar and the fiery chariot. 
the cave in the mount of God. Lord, I pray that you'll anoint this preacher. Let me preach it tonight, oh God. We're all about the fire, but we also need to stop off at the mount of God again. Take us back. Moses was there and Elijah was there. Now take me there, Lord. Hallelujah. We need to rest up there in the Holy Ghost. And we need to do it now. And we give you praise. Everyone, let's come on. Let's just praise him. Let's just praise him. Let's not just say praise. Let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. And everyone said amen, amen. Please be seated. I appreciate you standing. I didn't mean to hold you so long. So this is a fifth sermon. The Lord has been giving me these messages out of sequence. And I've told the Lord, now Lord, you know I don't like that. I don't like it out of sequence. And he says, you, you are so hard to get along with. And I've told him, Lord, you know that I, that's just my nature. And uh, he said, well, you see, that's your problem, is your nature. And so I woke up a few weeks ago, and the Lord revealed to me why he gave me that message out of order. I'm talking about... Some weeks ago, of course, with Easter, it's all a big blur. But since the first of the year, when we began to announce the Elijah series, and I thought, well, Lord, I've never done this before. I, I, it's okay if it's your, I mean, I don't, I mean, in the past, I've never done it. Recent years, uh, God has been dealing with me about it. And so in the first months of the year, we, we began, and uh, I preached uh, four messages on Elijah. And I knew they were for me, but um, I never realized just how much. And so the Holy Ghost woke me up and said, now that you've preached that, I want to show you why I gave you that message. And so it is with our message tonight it's one thing to preach uh, what I think of as the key to Elijah's life, and that is his power with, through prayer. In fact, James links the name Elijah to prayer. How many knows that? Well, you should. I preached a whole sermon on it. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, the, the name Elijah is linked to prayer, the power of prayer. And so he prayed uh, the fire down. First, he said there's going to be no rain, and it was a drought for three over three years. And then he, when it wouldn't rain water, uh, then, of course, it rained fire because God had a plan. Everyone say, God had a plan. So that was earlier in Kings 16 and 17. So Elijah was a great prophet <clears throat> that stepped to the fore in a kingdom just think of this. Uh, uh, this would be, of course, a pastor's thought, I suppose. But a, a kingdom where not one single king, the northern kingdom, there's not a single king that, that did righteously. They all failed God. 
So it takes an extra special prophet to minister in an area where nobody will listen. In fact, when the richest and the wealthiest and the kings of the land refuse to listen, the Jezebels, for example, then that causes a great deal of anguish for the man of God. And this is what sent Elijah into this moment of chapter 19 that I'm calling the cave, the cave, <laughs> the cave moment. Uh, but he was a mouthpiece of God in a world of lies. When the king would get up, he just li- every word he said was a lie. And uh, all of Israel was following after Ahab and Jezebel. It sounds very much like the American culture that has traded its righteousness for something else. And God told Elijah to stop the rain, just dry it all up. And so the water would not fall, but miraculous fire consumed the sacrifice. And Baal, everyone say Baal, that's of course Jezebel's God. Baal was the famous God of the ancient world. Goes all the way back to the, almost as far back as paganism goes. In fact, Jezebel's God was humiliated by Elijah's faith. And that's what, you know, that's what happens. The devil gets mad because somebody believes and trusts God. But Elijah was not a user-friendly prophet. He didn't just preach sermons that caused the offerings to go up and people to pat him on the back. Now, Jezebel's dad was the king of the Sidonians, but that just means he was the king of Sidon. And Sidon was an ancient Canaanite stronghold. It was a city along the northern shore, way up north, uh, along the coast of the Mediterranean, that that what we call the Phoenician coast. That area was called Phoenicia, and it no longer is. It's now Lebanon, but at that time it was known as Phoenicia, and of course. The New Testament has a great deal to say about it. But the king of Sidon was Jezebel's dad, and they were the holdouts to worldliness. Jezebel, in fact, has become known as the most ungodly woman in all of Scripture. Even the book of Revelation refers to her, the spirit of Jezebel. And it is in our world, and do not think that it isn't. In fact, I said, I wonder if there are not some of these uh, young women singers that are so popular. One I read uh, this week that one of them is worth nearly a billion dollars. Worth a billion dollars. I'm worth about two toothpicks and a uh, worth about a billion dollars. I wonder if they are not filled. With the spirit of Jezebel. I don't know. I just, I'm just saying I wonder. I don't know how. I mean I, that's another whole message in itself. I'm not trying to waver here. I simply want to talk about what brought the prophet to this place. Between the fires falling at the altar. And the fiery horses and chariot that would usher him into the very presence of God. That moment and that time and why it is important for apostolic 
tabernacle. So the king of Sidon's name, he was named after Baal. His name was Ethbaal. So they literally, now kings often took names various ways. So I don't know that he was born. I mean, I can't imagine. I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of him. He's been dead for thousands of years. It doesn't really matter. But, uh, but can you imagine your baby being born? We're not planning to name anything Ethbaal anytime soon, are we? All right. So just imagine. Now, of course, if you were the king of Sidon and the worship of Baal meant so much to you and it was completely unbelievably ungodliness that you ever saw in all of your life. And so they named him F. Baal. But I, I would think probably not as a baby. They probably named him like Fred or something as a baby. But then later they said, you know, we're going to change. Hey, listen, baby, we're changing your name to the God we love, Ethbaal. And people thought, whoa, the king of Sidon. And so it was in 1 Kings 18, after the fire fell and then the rain, the rain stopped, the fire fell, and then the, he prayed down the rain and he chased uh, uh, Ahab's chariot and outran the chariot. We get to 1 Kings 18. And the power of Elijah's prayers, which caused what the Bible called the, everybody say the sound, the sound of abundance of rain. Anybody remember that in the Bible? We preached a message about it. The sound, of course, that's the Hebrew word, hemon, which, which means something like this. I'm trying to be very careful here, but something like the rumble. You could, you could hear the rumble of rain. It was like the storm was brewing. And, and so it was. And he, he uh, suddenly, his prayers brought about the sound of abundance of rain. Does anybody believe God can send revival to us in these days? So Ahab, the seventh king of Israel, we're talking about 900 B.C. We're talking way back there. Ahab identified with a king by the name of Ethbaal. And he married his daughter. She was the princess of Sidon. She was known for the way she made herself up. And she in Ahab identified with this king who was named after a fake God. So Elijah comes, though, of course, Elijah, I'm going to say Elijah, Elijah, the name Elijah comes from the name of God, Yahweh or Yah, but his full, the full pronunciation of the sacred name is believed to be Yahweh, although there's been a tremendous amount of controversy over it because the sacred name of God was the Jews didn't pronounce it and in some ways it was protected and uh, that's a very interesting thing in itself. But, uh, but we typically, in the, in the Western church, we call his name Jehovah. How many ever heard the name Jehovah? All right. Well, that's come from, of course, there's no such sound. There, that could not possibly be the way it was pronounced because there's no such sounds in Hebrew. But, but the Western world came to pronounce it. Uh, Jehovah, but that comes, it may seem odd, but it comes from the name of God, Yahweh. But when you take Yah and El and you say El Yah or inserting 
Elijah, Elijah, that's of course what Elijah means. It means God or Jehovah is God or God is Jehovah, whichever way you want to say it. So Elijah or Elijah means God is Jehovah. So you have a man whose name is Ethbaal, and you have a prophet whose name is God, is Yahweh. Yahweh is God. And that is exactly why Elijah outran his chariot. It was spiritual. It was showing that no Baal will ever outrun the God that made heaven and earth. Could we just clap our hands and thank him for it? Elijah. And of course, they hated him, especially Jezebel. We'll leave her name out of it for now. I don't want to speak a great deal of her. And so he outruns the chariot. And then in a sub story, the Holy Ghost spoke to us to preach about the the meal or the breakfast at Zarephath where not only a widow's oil and meal in the middle of famine and drought would not run out. It was miraculous. Does anybody feel the Holy Ghost here tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, Lord, I'm, ta- I'm claiming that for myself. In fact, I want to tell you something. You've got a Holy Ghost that never runs dry. You've got a God that never fails you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Zarephath is the place where Elijah began to interact with with, uh, the widow of Zarephath. And then the, the meal and the oil would keep every time they thought it was gone. The little boy would run over and it would there would be full again. But then suddenly her son, a young boy, died unexpectedly. And this story, of course, is the first story of the raising of the dead. And so her dead son was raised from death to life. And all of this was showing us just how much Elijah was giving of himself. And then to bring us closer to date, uh, we jumped out of sequence in the last time. The Lord began to really deal with me about the miracle of the double portion. Can you say the double portion? And so the double portion, I've heard many, many sermons. I've heard lots of preaching, but I had never, uh, I don't know if I've ever preached about the double portion. I've heard uh, different ones preach it, and I may have preached, I don't know. But uh, it's a very, very uh, long time ago if I ever preached about the double portion. I understand it and love it, think it's awesome. But suddenly the Holy Ghost began to show me something about the double portion that Elisha requested. And that is that ministry must be worthy of duplication. For us to pass our ministry on to the next generation, folks, we've got to pass the truth on to them. We can't say, well, let Hollywood tell us what to preach. We've got to duplicate the authentic. Elisha saw the value of duplicating in double Elijah's ministry. I hope some of you young folks are listening to me. We need both the Elijah spirit and the vision of Elisha. 
I wish I could get just a little bit of help here tonight. So we need the Elijah's spirit and Elisha's. See, that's two different names. Are you able to tell the difference when I'm talking? Or can you hear anything that I'm saying? All right, so, so Elijah and his spirit and his power of Elijah, the prophet we're preaching about, and the vision of Elisha who treasured what was righteous and true. We can preach truth all day long, but if you would rather follow the world, it's not going to matter what righteousness says. Jesus was right. They still crucified him. You've got to value what is righteous and what is true. That was the mantle, and that was the double portion Elisha wanted. Praise God. Praise God. I want to tell you something, folks. If we'll preach the old-fashioned religion, we will see revival. We'll see what they saw, and it will be real in our lives. So do we appreciate the mantle, the mantle. Everyone say the mantle. The mantle of truth, the mantle of holiness, the mantle of the name of Jesus, the mantle of the power of the spirit. Do we appreciate our apostolic heritage? If you don't, you are one generation away from losing it completely. So this fearless ambassador, Elijah was a voice for God, reached the point that he had to literally or did literally run for the hills. The Bible says that he ran or uh, rushed out of Israel, which, of course, is northern, the northern part of what we would think of as Israel. But, you know, Israel was divided into Judah in the south and Israel in the north. And the northern kings, as I said, none of them served God. But in Judah, there were several amazing kings in, in Judah. And so he headed as far south as he could go. At least he had sense enough to go south. Can you say praise the Lord? He had sense enough to go south. Clear out of Israel to Judah's southern border, a little place there called Beersheba. And the Bible says when he got to Beersheba, he went a day's trip into the wilderness, as the Bible says, or basically uh, no man's land, a place uh, people didn't typically go. You didn't generally say, let's take a day's trip into the wilderness. But he went there running from and fearful of, which is another, I'm not here to preach. I'm not going to say one, Lord, I'm not going to say purposely one word against Elijah. I'm not going to say that he was depressed. I'm not going to say that he shouldn't have run, that he should have learned his lesson. He should have had so much power. Look at all the good. I'm not going to say that because that is not true. The fact of the matter is it was God that wanted him to find the cave in the mount of God. It was God that led him from the fires at the altar to a chariot that picked him up and took him to heaven. I want to tell you, my friend, God's got some things in store that we don't always invite into our lives. It's kind of like this sermon. 
Some of you would just rather do without it. You would rather not know what it is that he learned at the cave. Because we're just far too busy to worry about such things. So he ran into the wilderness of Beersheba about uh, a day's, am I right in my brain working, and uh, about a day's journey. He went about a day's journey. That seems like a good ways to me. And he ended up under a juniper tree. Now, I'm not a great horticulturalist. Sister French, can you say amen? Could you, could you handle any more grandchildren over there? We want you to have grandchildren. All right. So am I preaching the truth when I say that I am not a horticulturalist? Now, I'm not swearing when I say horticulturalist. That's a, that's a, a legitimate word. I don't swear at all. And so uh, I don't know much about trees. Except when I see one, I say that's a tree. Uh, we have help. Uh, we got a few problems. Brother Dan and I were looking at one of the trees, and I said, whatever that tree is, it's gone. I knew that. I knew that tree was gone. Uh, and he said, well, that tree, and then I, I learned more about trees in three seconds. Uh, but a juniper tree, I know nothing about. And the more I look at the juniper tree, the less I understand why the Bible specifically says it was a juniper tree. So I suspect there's something there, Brother French. Do you think that is possible? That there must be the fact the Bible tells us the kind of tree that it was, there must be something there. But I'm so out of it when it comes to trees that I have no clue what it is. So I tried. I looked a few things up and I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm reading. how big the branches were and all that. And I thought, well, that might be true. But since I'm so dumb about it, I don't think I'm going to enter that realm of the spirit because I do not know what I'm talking about. But for some reason, and I'm sure all the juniper experts are thinking, oh, what is wrong with that dumbbell? Uh, some reason it was important for us to know that he ended up under a juniper tree. Uh, it's good enough for me to know that he was under any kind of tree whatsoever because I want to tell you, I'm not one to sleep under trees. I don't know many times, you know, when the guys were little, Dad, let's sleep outside under the trees. I'd say, I don't think the Lord wants us to do that tonight. And uh, then Mom would say, uh, Dad, oh, I want to sleep under the trees. And uh, she'd get a little tent or something. And did we ever get a tent? Did we ever get a tent? We got a tent. I hope we... Uh, I hope someone ended up at that tent that could use it. It went into a landfill. Okay, it went into a landfill. And, uh, and they had to literally, uh, really literally uh, tie me up and drag me out to the, to the tree. I just wasn't one to sleep under a tree. And uh, I will tell you this, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that there's something spiritual about him sleeping under a tree, 
But it is amazing that when he reaches the end of his road, when he's finally to the place, he's literally he's 150 miles from where God wants him. He gets him all the way down to Beersheba, and God starts talking to him. I want to tell you, you may not get anything out of this, but I'm, I want to tell you tonight, the Holy Ghost is talking to this preacher. When the preacher couldn't go another step, God had a place for him, and God had an angel for him, and God said, there's my man. You get down there, and you start fixing the breakfast for that man right now, I'd have loved to heard that little conversation when the Lord's telling the angel, now listen, you need to make him some, what, what did it say? A cake. That's my kind of breakfast right there. A cake, bacon on the coals. Oh, and I know, I know. You say, how do you know? Because I just know that it was cinnamon cake. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. For breakfast. And the gooier you get the cinnamon, the more spiritual it is. And, and they just pour that. And then some of these places are so spiritual, they take that like white cream, uh, frosting like stuff, and then they just, they just get it all. And then they ask you, do you want it hot or cold? And you say, do trees have leaves? Of course I want it hot. And then they say, do you want any butter on it? And you say, oh, yes, I want butter on it. We'll worry about the diet later when I'm not so depressed. And so he sleeps who knows how long. <laughs> He wakes up and he can barely see him out of the corner of his eye. <laughs> who, who are you? And he says, you need to wake up, Elijah. You, you don't have enough strength. You got I've made you a Cinnabon. I mean a, 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 a cake here. And... Uh, and uh, the Bible says he got up and he, he didn't say, <laughs> of course, we don't know what he said, but we're not told he said anything. He got up, that one elbow there, and he, he sits up and the angel says, come on now, go, go ahead and eat. You've, you've gone long enough. You, you need your strength. Now, we know that there was going to be supernatural strength because the Bible says he ate one Cinnabon. I don't know if it actually says Cinnabon. I think it says cake. All right. And, and then the Bible says he, he was able to sit up just long enough to drink that little bit of water. And, and it's very, very specific that when he looked up, the, 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 uh, I forget what the Bible, the King James refers to it as, but the, the I'll call it the glass of water. I don't know what the King James word for it is. The, the glass of water was by his bed. I mean, by his head. 
Now, I don't know why that's, why would it matter if it was by his, I, I, I suspect it might mean that it was set there as though to say, it's right here, Elijah. You don't have to move. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to search for it. God's got it ready for you. But it's just a cake and, and a little bit of cinnamon and some butter. I don't know if the, I'm adding some of that in, but I just really feel good about that. And so, and, and then water. And he gets it down and he swigs down that last little bit of water. And the Bible says he just slumped right back down. And we don't know if he slept another <laughs> 24 hours or 12 hours or what? We just know that it, exactly what had happened before happens again. And the Bible says that the angel reached out and touched the man of God. Oh, how thankful I am that the God of heaven sends his angels to touch the ministry. Praise God. Under a juniper tree, the angel watched over him <laughs> and gently prepared him. Nobody wrote him a letter and nobody sent word and he had no idea where he was going. But God sent an angel with a cake that was going to give him the strength for 40 days. I don't know that I fully grasp it, but I do know there have been times that we didn't have the strength to hold our head up. But the power of God began to work and suddenly we're able to do things we never dreamed were possible. And so in the spirit of Elijah, I want to prophesy to this church, God can do more than we think he can. God can fill this building and more. God can bring the hungry to the altar. You may have a preacher that's worn out, but God will send his angels to watch over him. Hallelujah. Can we just clap our hands and give him praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Elijah, if you're going to run, we don't actually hear these words, but these are echoing in my head, and I mean them uh, rhetorically, as though the angel said it. Elijah, you're running, but you're running the wrong direction. You don't know for sure what you're running for, but God knows why you're running. <laughs> he knows where you are, and he knows what you're doing. He's going to ask you about it in just a minute. He's going to say, Elijah, what are you doing here? It's not because he doesn't know. <laughs> he knows exactly why you're here. He wants to know if you know why you're here. He wants you to think about it. And God is talking to some of us here tonight. Folks, I want to tell you, we're not here to just fill pews. We're here because revival can change lives. Because God can bring souls before him 
that seem impossible. In fact, somebody right now, you're believing God for someone. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray. Lord, I need a little extra. I need a little extra today to reach my loved one, my son, my daughter, my neighbor, my friend, my co-worker. Praise God. So Elijah, if you're going to run, you need to run back. You don't need to run away. Beersheba, <laughs> that's, a, that's another sermon. Beersheba, the wilderness of Beersheba, a juniper tree. This is all fine and good, but, but God's got something better than this. You wouldn't have ever thought of it, but God's going to lead you back. He's going to take you back where you need to be. That meal... Or those two meals when you looked up and you saw the glass of water there. That's a symbol. That those meals were so holy. They were so powerful. That the nourishment from that one glass of water. And that cake that was bacon on the coals. There was enough power in that little cake. To take you all the way back to where you need to go. Elijah, you can't do it in your own strength. You've been, you've been good. You tried hard, but you don't know where to go. But I'm going to tell you where to go. I'm going to lead you where you need to go. And you get up here now. And I'm going to take you back to Mount Horeb. And I can see Elijah as he, the muscles in his arms and, and the vein in his neck as he begins to think, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Take me back. You know, folks, you can only face Jezebel so long until you need to get back to the place God has a cave up there. He's got a place up there. There's an angel one to touch you with his glory. And it is a powerful touch. Hallelujah. Back to Horeb. Now many of you may not recognize Horeb as a well-known name because it's what we call the alternate name. Of course, our text tells us I think I read it, but it's certainly in chapter 19. I'm quite sure I did read it, but that uh, Horeb was the mount of God. Everyone say the mount of God. It was an alt Horeb, it's Hebrew. doesn't matter what it's Hebrew for, but it's Hebrew. And it was used as an alternate name for the mount, the holy mountain of God. Oh, I want to tell you, folks, every once in a while, just the thought that you're going to get back. You're going to make it back. My feet, I can feel it. I feel it. I'm almost there. I'm going back to the mountain of God. I'm going to the place where Moses took the commandments from the hand of God. I'm going back to the mountain of God. Oh, yes, Elijah. So I wonder what we're going to learn at the cave between the altar and the glories 
of heaven. Church, we can go a long way on God's bread if we've headed back into the presence of God. Anybody here hungry to go back to where God wants you to go? Praise God. Horeb is 150 miles. And I haven't ever calculated it, never given it much thought. But, but uh, I know if I was walking 150 miles right now, I'd want more than a cake. One cake and a glass of water. I don't drink water often. Sister French tries to get me to drink water. She tells me the value of drinking water, certain types of water. And then I just always respond, I hate water. And uh, she says, well, you're supposed to love water. God made water. And I've learned all these lessons. I know all about water and how wonderful it is. I still hate it, and so I don't drink much water. But just imagine a prophet, and God has said, it may not seem very powerful. may not seem very exciting. But sometimes the spirit makes a reservation at Hotel Cave. Hey, honey, we're going to Savannah. Where do you make a reservation? The cave. You're kidding. Hotel, cave, Mount of God. Not Savannah, not Atlanta, not the Hilton, but the cave. Between the altars on fire with anointing and the horse and chariot of fire, God had prepared a place for a very important reason. In order to get the exhausted man of God to the rendezvous with God's purpose. God, does anybody believe God has a purpose? There was the touch of the angel and then the instructions. And then, hey, you're heading to the mountain of God, Elijah. And at once he arrived and went the whole distance, he gets to the cave and the angel says, look with me, I'm almost done. Everybody say praise the Lord, but not too enthusiastically. All right. Verse 11, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. Now I want to tell you something tonight. I want to talk to you. I only need a few more minutes. But I want you to receive it as from the Lord tonight. Can you say amen? amen? You don't have to love it. You don't even have to like it. But I want you to receive it as from the Lord tonight. And I want you to say, Lord, I want to receive it as from the Lord. Praise God. So the angel said, go forth. Says to Elijah, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great, he's in, the, he's in the cave. Let's keep going. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains. So I t- take that to mean the wind was tearing up 
the, the terrain of the mountain, not the actual mountain, but I, I'm not sure. And break in pieces the rocks. Anybody see that in the Bible? The wind was breaking the rocks up. Now, that has to be a miracle. Anybody agree that must be a miracle? I don't know of any wind that could break rocks to pieces. I don't know of it. If, if you've heard of it, we'll talk to me about it later, and, and uh, we'll, we'll be thrilled to hear it. But the Lord was not in the wind. See, many would have said, that's it, that's it. I'll follow that. Oh, I'll follow that. The Lord said, that's not it, Elijah. That's not it. Don't you fall for that. The Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. I could see an earthquake breaking the rocks. It doesn't say the earthquake broke the rocks. It said the wind did. So I, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. I think it's just totally miraculous. And after, verse 12, the earthquake. Are they putting that up? Okay, and after the earthquake, a what? Fire. A fire. These are all things we've already heard in Elijah's ministry. And, of course, I believe what the Lord is saying is something like that. I don't want to be too dogmatic. That all these things I have done before are not adequate. That's not enough. You can't just have an earthquake and wind and wind blowing around and fire falling. That's all great and wonderful, but that's not what I'm trying to tell you, Elijah. There's something deeper than that, and you need to start listening to me. After the earthquake of fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering into the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What dost thou hear, Elijah? God was trying to speak to him. And church, I believe God is trying to speak to us. We are far too satisfied with all that has gone before. And God is not pleased. God is not pleased that we say, well, look what we've done. Will we listen? So, Elijah, do you hear the voice? It's very still. I'm going to use the King James wording here. It's a still, small voice. So precisely, I, I, I don't want to preach a whole sermon. I, I'm going to reserve that for another time to preach a message about what is a still, small voice. But we, I think we get the idea that it wasn't extremely loud. And that it was maybe something like a whisper. I'm not sure, but I don't want to delve deep into what, what the voice was. The question is, Elijah, do you hear the voice? Do you know why I have brought you here? God has brought us to the cave entrance. But will we listen? We'll watch with great anticipation as the fire falls. But will we listen to the voice of God? God is telling Elijah, look at verse 17. Here we go. I have left me 7,000. Chapter 19. Let me make sure we have it. No, let's keep going down. 18, I'm sorry, 18. 
I have left me. Everyone say me. God is talking. I have reserved unto myself 7,000. God is the one speaking. And he says to Elijah, I just tore the mountain to pieces and an earthquake shook everything and the fire was falling and that was not my voice. My voice is telling you not everyone is compromising. Not everybody is walking away from what God said. Elijah, this is my mountain and I brought you here to tell you I've got 7,000 that you knew nothing about. Not 6,000, not 10,000. I've got 7,000 exactly. I preserve them myself. And they have refused to bow the knee to Jezebel. Church, the truth of not compromising. And look at verse 18. Is it still up there? Okay, if I said this and it weren't up there, you might doubt me. The Bible said that they were kissing Baal. They were not just bending their knee, but they had kissed him. So I take that to mean, without deep thought here, that they would come to the statue of Baal and they were so idiotic that they were kissing the statue of Baal while God was off somewhere and they were could not be bothered with the voice of God. But Elijah said, Lord, that's all I needed to know. I just needed to hear the voice of God. Not bowing down to this world is important to God as the fire of Mount Carmel. It is as important as the fire that consumes the chariot that lifts us into the glory world to hear the voice so gently say, not everybody is bowing their knee. Praise God. Now, one more thing and then I'm going to stop. Up to this point, and this is important, please let me say it. Don't rush me out of here. Up to this point, Elijah had never met Elisha. It was in, I've skipped it on purpose, but in the still small voice, you could hear it, the voice of God. The voice of God was saying, Elisha, who is that, Lord? Who? Who do you mean? Who's Elisha? Elisha. Elisha is the heritage of the church. If you hear my voice and you hold on and do not follow Baal, I have a generation ready to step in and receive the mantle. But you're not going to meet him until I can be certain you're not going to compromise. You're going to stand for the old time truth of righteousness and that God Jehovah 
will be your all in all. I've got an uncompromised people. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody say praise the Lord. Uh, come on. I want the musicians to come and uh, let's stand. I'm, I'm going to stop. I promised you I would. But uh, this is just consuming my heart. I believe that God, that God has brought us back tonight in the story of Elijah to the entrance to our own cave of the Mount of God. It's not beautiful. It's not easy. It's not simple. It's not an earthquake. It's God's word to us. 7,000 are standing strong. While the whole nation's chasing after Baal, I have a people that are standing for righteousness. Can you hear my voice? He wants to know, are you listening to my voice? Can you hear it? It's your son. It's your daughter. You hold on to the truth. Elisha is coming. I've already chosen him. He's going to do. He's going to give everything he's got. If you give your all, he's going to give his all. If you compromise, I can't introduce you because I can't risk the fact that you might draw him away. Come on, Elijah. You've stood the test up till now, and now I've brought you back. <laughs> this is where Moses stood. This is where it happened. This is Pentecost. We're almost to the day of Pentecost. I wonder if we as a church could lift both our hands together and let's just ask God to take us back. Do we know that old chorus? Is that one you could do? Hallelujah, that's it, Father, tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll take us back. Lord, we don't want to be fooled. We don't want to rely on something else. We want to go right back to the place. Lord, where the truth, where we first got it where we understood it, hallelujah, the earthquake and all of that, that's not enough. We need to hear your voice. We need to hear your voice, hallelujah. I want to hear the voice of God. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Lord, take me back to that place. Let me find the place, the cave, where I can step up and say, yes, Lord, I hear your voice. You're talking to me, Lord. I want to receive it. And I give you praise. Hallelujah. Not all the knees are bowed. Not everybody's bowed. Elijah, not everybody's bowed. I want you to be the voice. I want you to be my mouthpiece that compromise is critical. Standing strong is critical. And you stand strong. And I've got things that you never believed could happen if you stand strong. Stand strong. I've got something for you. It's going to be a miracle. Elijah's coming. I first received you. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. Oh, take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I 
Wherever you are, could you just lift your hands to him? Oh, take me back, Lord. Oh, take me back, take Lord. Me back. Oh, to the place, to the place, Lord, where you want me to be. I want to hear what you want to say. I want to hear what you got to say, Seven thousand. Seven thousand. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. God's perfect number. God's perfect number. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but 7,000. 7,000. I never heard it, Lord. I never would have believed it. But you said it and I receive it. I hear the voice. I hear the voice. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Where I first believed. Oh, take me back. Take me back. Oh, oh, to the place where I first where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back. Take me back. Okay, okay, we've heard the word of the Lord. Now, Robert over here's gotten to come in more and more, and he told me that he's ready to get baptized. So next Sunday, we're going to get ready to baptize Robert. We just clap our hands and thank God for Robert. Now he's in the altar seeking the Lord. Praise God. I've talked quite a bit about Robert through the last year or so, and God has been guiding him. But here's what I want us to do. Now, so we're going to, we'll baptize as many, we'll baptize 7,000 if they're ready. Here's what I'd like us to do. I want you to come as close as you can, and I want you to just act like you're not nervous a bit, and I want you to find somebody to pray with, maybe a sister with a sister, a brother and a brother, just however you feel. I want us to pray for one another, one another right now, because this is what I'm going to call the band of seven. This is the band of seven right here, 7,000 that haven't bowed their knees. And so we're going to encourage one another right now. That's it. Find somebody wherever you are. You could be front, back. I don't. It doesn't make any difference. I want you to pray with somebody right now. We're going to sing it again. Oh, yes. Come on. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Take, take me, back. me back. Oh, Lord, take me back to the place where, where I first received you. Take me back. Lord, there's healing. There's healing there at the entrance. There's healing at the entrance. I hear the voice of God. Oh, somebody is going to be delivered. Somebody is going to be saved. Somebody's going to be changed. Somebody's going to get a revelation. Somebody's going to find out about it. Somebody's going to see us there. We're listening, Lord. We're listening. Oh, take me back. Oh, take me back. Take me back. Take me back. Take me back. Take me back to the place.
first believed you. Take me back. Take me back. Take me back. That's it. Hallelujah. I want us to, we're going we're gonna to just sort of, you keep praying. I want us to listen to the still, small voice of the Lord. Now your voice, you can cry out, but I want you to listen to his voice right now. Can we do that? Whoever you're praying with, I want you to just tell the Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening, Lord. I'm ready. I want to be obedient. I want to serve you. I want to worship you all the days of my life. I hear the voice of God. I hear the voice of God in my heart. I know you're working on me, Lord. I know you're doing something, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Hallelujah. There's 7,000. There's 7,000, Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I've never met them. I don't know where they are. I've never seen them. But they're not bending their knee to this world. They're standing righteous before God. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Not everybody's bent the knee. Not everybody's kissing Baal's toe. No, 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 Lord. Lord, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you tonight. Lord, we want to be proud to be a child of God. We're proud, Lord, to check into the hotel cave tonight. Lord, to step to the entrance and find once again the glory of God talking to our hearts. Lord, we give you praise. I feel like somebody's hearing, you're hearing God say, I want to save, I want to save your boy, I want to save your daughter, I want to save your grands, I want to save your mom, I want to save your dad, I want to take you a step up. That's what the, I hear. I hear it. I don't, I don't know, but I hear it. I've been hearing it all day long. God's saying, I, I can do it, and I can draw them out of a world and give them the power that changes everything. Praise God. It's impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. Lord, you're drawing them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Want you, Sister Cole, uh, where's, where's Sister French? Anyway, where'd she? She slipped out with Kinsley. All right. Could this group right here gather around our assistant pastor? Brother French, you help me. You, you can fill in for our first lady. We're going to gather... I want you to pray, and then y'all can go. Y'all can play whatever you want over there. I want you to reach your hands toward the, our our ministry, because you know God's talking to our ministry. No doubt in my mind, God's talking to us. We're between the altar and the chariot. 
So I want us to reach out and let's pray. I feel I feel like something powerful is happening, and it's not in the wind or the fire or the earthquake. It's in the stillness of his voice. That's it right now, Father. I feel, Lord, you have given us the greatest young ministry that we could ever aspire to have. And I thank you for that. And now I pray, Lord, I pray that you'll talk to us, that you'll help us, that you'll bless us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You've got a cake on the coals, oh God, that we need tonight. I need a bite of it, Lord. I need the taste of it, Lord. I want to see it. I need a touch. I feel the touch of angels. I see it, Lord. Hallelujah. I see angels. I see angels all around us right now. I wonder if we could just lift our hands and say, Lord, I need a touch. I need a touch of the of the Spirit of God. Right now, let it come down into our homes. Lord, let it reach from our from our ministry and our youth throughout the church, every family. Some are facing sickness and troubles and concerns, oh God, and needs of all kinds. Right now, Lord, I I can taste that. I can taste that. That wonderful, wonderful bread that you prepared to give us strength to get all the way to the mount of God. Lord, you're giving us supernatural strength. Take someone by the hand that's near you. Come on, let's pray for one another before we have to go. Lord, right now, I pray for my neighbor. I pray for my neighbor right now. Lord, let the Holy Ghost have its way. Let the power of God move in my life. Lord, I pray that anointing will flow through through my touch and through my faith, oh God. Lord, you brought us here. You brought us here. You gave us the cake and the water, Lord. It was, it was so refreshing, oh God. It was everything that we needed. It was everything that I needed. You're bringing me back to the place, Lord, where I can find, Lord, the answer in the voice of God. Lord, I thank you for it. Tell us one more time. Tell the family that's discouraged that there are, there are those that will not bow. Tell them right now. Let them know that those that are needing God will find you because you have the power. Lord of the 7,000, praise God. And Israel revived itself. And Lord, to this day, we thank you for it. And what you're doing in our midst, we praise you. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Praise God. You feel the presence of the Lord that's here. The Lord is here right now. Let's bow our heads all across the, the sanctuary. Some of you have heavy burdens right now. I want to pray. I want to pray a special prayer for you right now. Heavenly Father, we have heard your voice tonight. We have heard the voice of God. I pray for encouragement. Whatever the, whatever the challenge, I pray for spiritual power in the lives of your people. 
I pray for healing, but I do not surrender to cancer. I do not surrender to cancer. I do not surrender to this world. Lord, there is a power moving in our midst tonight that is lifting us into your presence and showing us we have a future if we will trust God and get back to the mountain of God. Keep us, Lord, right now. Keep each and every one. Bless us. Go with us. and Give us strength. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen.